So thank you, VolQuest, for joining us live. 25 people. Thank you so much. This is Georgia Tech Vol. We're sitting here. We're re ready and waiting to do the live General Quarters VolQuest podcast. So this is going to be so much fun. We're having a good time. All right, cool. So PTC, you sent out the invite. It's out there, right? You're good? Okay, cool. So thank you guys so much for joining. My name is Georgia Tech Vol. We don't have any intros because this is a live podcast tonight. We're doing video. We're doing everything. This is so amazing tonight. It's going to be so much fun. So thank you guys for joining. My name is George Tech We're going to go around the horn. I've got a group of people, podcasters with us. I've got Bleed Orange 23, the man who uses Depends, my dad, Bleed Orange 23. We have PTC Vol, Powell Vols, Pounding Thrill, and then a special guest, We've got Priestfall, who will be doing the confession corner. So we're really excited tonight. Not really a big night on Tennessee football. The basketball team played tonight. And we've got some more things to, to discuss. But I want to go around the horn, starting with Bleed Orange. Thank you for being on tonight for the live edition of the VolQuest podcast. Thank you for joining. Great to be here tonight, everybody. And go Vols. Uh, looking for a big night tonight with everyone. Are you drinking anything or no? No drink? I may have to step away for a minute and get something. Okay. All right. Get your get your uh, apple teeny or whatever you're getting. I think I left a couple of Christmas beers up there, so have a couple of those on me. Um, Powell Balls, thank you so much, man, for joining. How are you doing, man? Good, buddy. Glad to be here. Good. And, and also, we're doing really excited too. This is a very special. Everybody, this is a special edition of the Volquest Pod Fan Podcast. We're doing Weather Quest tonight. If anything, you want to watch this podcast because we're doing the Weather Quest. Guys, listen, Weather Quest. Everybody loves Weather Quest. So we have Powell Balls on tonight. So listen. And we got a couple of you on Periscope watching too. My The little fan base on Periscope watching. So all the folks that watch me on the Harrison Bailey commitment, all the haters, all the good people. They're they're watching weather quest tonight. So Powell, thank you for joining. PTC, my friend, my man. How are you, my friend? Doing good, brother. Glad to be here. This is exciting getting this uh up and going. Gonna have a lot of good time. Glad to have uh everybody on, especially uh Priest Fall with the double C confession corner and my man Powell with the weather quest, making sure we know what to dress like in the morning. Hey, no, we're we're glad to have everybody on, and especially the folks in we got people on YouTube. We got people on Periscope. We've got multiple webcams going. Everybody on Periscope, thank you guys for joining. Thank you for listening. I know you can't listen to the group that's on uh, YouTube, so go to VolQuest and click on the YouTube link to listen to everybody else. There's people on Periscope who are saying how good it looks, so thank you so much for the compliments. I appreciate that. Um, Priestfall, no, they're not lying. Jerry West, 10, thank you for joining. Uh, Priestfall, thank you so much, my friend, for joining. We're, we're glad to have you. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be back. So excited. This is pretty cool. I, I'm, it's a whole new experience of getting to meet uh, and see different faces. So it's going to be fun tonight. No, Hopefully everybody gonna, joins and enjoys it. Oh, uh, we're going to have such a good time. Donald, hey, on Periscope, Donald, and this, will, this is what we're going to do tonight. When people join, they, they talk in the chat. Donald, for instance, thank you for responding in the chat. We're, we're so happy to have you on here. Ask any questions you want. Priest Fall, we're happy to have you on here for the Confession Corner. We got a lot to confess after that Vandy game. And also, I think Kirby Smart's got some things to confess, by the way, on that fourth and 11. Mm -hmm. um, pounding thrill. He's 
you, you're a steady hand. We're so happy to have you on here. You and PTC have, throughout the football season, have been here every single week. And I, I, I applaud and I appreciate, especially Bleed Orange, too. I know you're, on, you're off one week, but I appreciate y'all's steadfast uh, partnership here. Thank you guys for being on. Pounding Thrill, say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. This is Pounding Thrill here. Happy to be back, ready to talk some ball football. The man of few words, but they mean so much. I mean, goodness gracious. So where do we start tonight, guys? Where do, do we go into straight into the Vandy? Do we go into SEC championship? Where, where do we want to start tonight? We need to take a look at just where we were in that Vandy game. You know, I, I hate to compare it to my beloved Falcons, but – it looked like we were wholly unprepared and unmotivated to play Vandy. When I watched the Falcons um, come out of the tunnel today on TV and watching them, they looked uninspired. They looked like they were just there to collect a check. They were like, uh, you know, we're freaking, you know, we're four and seven. We're just going to play out the string. We're not going to make the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it, it didn't. They got their asses handed to them today by the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. And is you know Falcons we got our ass. Quest or is this Fall Quest? <laughs> it's a comparison. Yeah, watching you, man. It's a comparison. Um, and you know we looked the same when we came out and played Vandy. I mean, it was uninspired football. It was un. It, I, I hate to say unprepared, but what other word is there? To, is there for it? We looked completely lost. There was nothing that we could do right. Yeah, y'all got to. And when you when you look at the pieces that Jesse wrote and other people wrote, you know, Vandy's defense is pretty trash, and they looked like the '85 Bears against us. Well, no, they uh, they definitely uh, looked like a formidable force, and we made uh, Mr. Shermer look like Peyton Manning. But that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to talk about is I. Uh, we had a group text and pounding thrill. I wish you would respond more. I don't know what you're doing every single day, but we are always okay. Working. Yes. Um, there was a group text going during the SEC championship game. And I'm glad that my dad wasn't on it to see everything that was said, but uh, you know, what an amazing, first off, congratulations, Alabama to win. And I'm not like an Alabama fan. Go make threads about me and yeah. tell me, yeah, boo, Alabama. Yeah, you suck. You're an Alabama. I'm not an Alabama fan. I do hate Georgia with everything. And I hate think Cade Mays is yes. fat and lazy, by the way. And I'll always make threads about <laughs> Cade Mays. And I will zoom in on his, like, the rolls on his the side of his body and stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I don't like Cade Mays very much. Um I'm really happy, though, and I think a lot of Tennessee fans are very happy with the way that that SEC championship played out because you have Georgia giving their all and going up against a second-string quarterback, and they still lose the game with Jalen Hurts coming in, and he was a terrible uh, throwing quarterback, comes in and still wins the game. What do you guys think about that? Pounding, I want to run it to you, man. Like, how do, What are your thoughts on SEC title game and the ramifications – Tennessee specifically, do you see an Alabama game as helping or hurting or the close game that it was helping or hurting? What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, so like, you know, I, I grew up most of the time for, for perspective, I'm, I'm 38, right? And so most of my formative years 
you know, me, all my friends, people I knew, we cheered for, not cheered, we wished the SEC, everybody in the SEC to win, right? Because that makes us look better when we go and beat them. Um, it helped us with ranking and everything else. That's not where we're at right now. I Honestly, I'm kind of past the whole phase and let's, let's want the SEC to win because I just, I'm so sick and tired of seeing all the other people in our conference uh, win football games and us just turn around and lose them. Alabama is a machine. They're probably going to win. But I'll be honest with you, I was pulling for Georgia to lose yesterday for the sole reason of, I think, Georgia losing helps us more than Alabama losing. So I thought it was a, a, a good a good outcome for us to the extent it can be. And, and after this, I could give – I don't want Alabama to win anymore. Uh, we need somebody else to come in and start getting some wins because it's just it's – just, something's got to stop that machine that's rolling. Right. So to that point though, are we, so who's the next, so who takes them down though? Does a UGA, does a Florida, because I don't think that helps us out though. Bleed orange. Does that, does that get up? Like, so we need somebody to take down, to take down Alabama. Who's, who's going to take that spot. And does that help us out? Because we need to be up there up against Alabama or whomever it is on the West every single year. And we're not because obviously Mullins has come in and done his thing and Kirby's where he's at and Muschamp owns Tennessee. How does Tennessee get to that place where we are going up against the Bamas, the LSUs of the world to win the SEC title? Well, you know, right now, I think probably most people would say that Florida's got the, the best chance right away to do something other than Georgia. Uh, you know, based upon what our team did this year and what they did last year, you know, you just can't reasonably project them into a position where they are going to be challenging for the SEC championship next year. So I think it's the only people that are going to be able to challenge from the East would be Georgia or Florida. And I don't think Florida's in this class at this point. So, you know, you don't think, I mean, they were leading turnovers for, they were, they were pretty high up there and they got like 28 turnovers against us. So that kind of padded their stats, but um, they also have Felipe Franks, but. um, Uh, You know, the only thing you can do (laughs) is what they're doing. and, And that is recruiting and getting better athletes in and developing the ones they have. Um, you know, I think this will be a different team next year going through uh, an SNC program with the same guy for a little bit long, for a little while anyway. Hopefully they'll be a little bit better versed in, in the defense, although they, as Thrill was saying, man, they look lost uh, against Vanderbilt still. And, and this was a, a team that was, was very consistent in its inconsistencies this year and up and down and up and down. And I was hoping that by the time they got to Vanderbilt, it was going to be one of the up weeks. But, uh, you know, that's <clears> – <throat> they just got to develop the kids. And I think we've got coaches that can do that. But then here we are starting over again with a different OC for next year, going into spring practice and going into another season with a different OC. And uh, the question is, again, whether or not that guy – you know, there's all, we can have debates on here probably all night long – about uh, maybe who the best guy is and that sort of thing. But uh, there's also the question about whether or not whoever uh, Pruitt brings in, if they'll be able to run their offense. Hey, All George, right. if, if yeah. I can say one thing, this is one thing I wish our fan base would kind of wrap their minds around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We don't I, – I keep hearing people like to get to Bama's level. What do we have to do to yeah. get to Bama's level? 
We don't right. need to be at Bama's level. To be quite honest, there's nobody in the country who's at Bama's level. We need to okay. Georgia, LSU, Florida, Clemson. Kentucky. Cle- even Clemson's probably we're one more tier away from that. We're not – we just need to get to a point when we can, you know, we're just – we're not that far – we are far off on some level. But I just – I think the conversation off. shouldn't be what do we need to do to get to Bama's level. We're probably not at Georgia's level. We're not that far off from Florida, to be perfectly honest with you. I think we're a competent offensive coordinator um, away from being, like, in their ball. We're a Hugh Freeze away. Say what? We're a Hugh Freeze away. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, we're just just somebody who can – you know, I wish we had Power T to kind of talk about that just a little bit. But, I, you know, <laughs> We got someone on like, inserting the Bruce Arians gif, by the way. So yeah. Other. It's just fragmented, so I just, you know, we need to take the conversation away from getting to Bama's level and more just to get into where we consistently compete with teams that are good. That's it. And and to that point, I think that if you have somebody that competes with a Bama, those Kentucky, Vandy, South Carolina-type games are gimmies, and we're winning those easily, and then we're starting to scheme for those Bamas and Floridas and Georgia-type games. And we're not even winning. We're barely, I'm at, you know, Kentucky's Kentucky, but we're barely winning those type of games. And we're, we've lost three years in a row to freaking Vandy. And we were, you know, Muschamp is making us look like, you know, he's a coach of the year, which, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, that's Muschamp, yeah. you know, he's like, you know, like, I'm sorry, I, I'm not a big Muschamp fan. He's terrible, but he owns us. He owned Butch when Butch was here. And, like, now it's like we got to figure out a way to put SC, SC in their place. We got to put Kentucky in their place, Vandy in their place, Missouri in their place. We, I, how do you figure – Pounding, how do you figure out Missouri, man? Uh, like, Missouri's a tough one. But I, dude, I let's, I don't even, let's just look at it like this, though. Does anybody – I don't – I'll just go with the conclusion. I don't think Pruitt liked this football team this year, okay? He's All right, that's a good question. Talking about getting getting a recruiting class, you know, you can tell that he's biting his tongue and not talking about some of the players who don't commit. I, you know, I there, there's a part of me that just thinks Bruce is trying to get some of this roster out the damn door so yeah. we can get some guys to go in there and fight. Yeah. We saw Tennessee yeah. go in and beat Auburn. Now that feels like a long time ago, but we had if you'd started the beginning of the season said Tennessee will 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 beat Auburn, I think most of us would have been like, you're crazy. Alabama was a guaranteed loss. Georgia was a guaranteed loss. And Auburn was a guaranteed loss. And Auburn was still pretty good when we beat them. And then we come in and beat Kentucky, who, I, you know, I remember when we first started this podcast, I thought Kentucky's the best team left on our um, on our schedule. So, I, you know, we got those wins, and then we gave up some ones that we shouldn't have. Well, that's part of an inexperienced team that's not very cohesive and generally is just kind of – lacks a little bit of um, – they just didn't really seem like a good team. I, I just think that Pruitt, I don't think he liked this team. I think he wanted to close the chapter and move on. And, uh, you know, let's – I don't know. That, that's that's where I feel like. Bounty, I'm going to interject real yeah. quick. And I, I completely agree with what you what you have to say. Um, and th- it goes to the point I'm going to make. AP said that the butch culture is still a little bit left and that it's going to take probably 18 months to get rid of that. And everything you just said is exactly what Butch put in there. You know, even if you are a three-year starter, you were still inexperienced because you were mentally weak, not just to mention that you were physically weak. 
I mean, you take a look at our offensive line and realize that, you know, we didn't have anything there. There wasn't a single grown SEC player that we could put on our offensive line except for Trey and God bless his soul. I hope that 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 boy doesn't play football again because I just want him to be healthy and he's going to be a great ambassador for the University of Tennessee. And no matter what he does, he's going to be successful. But it's it. You're right. I think Pruitt just can you imagine the types of things that Pruitt probably said about our team when he was at Alabama? Like, look at these idiots. Well, there were only two people that Pruitt actually recruited on our team that he that he coached this year. Warrior, who else? Schamberger. Uh, Smith. Schamberger. Wow. Schamberger didn't even get on the field. And Warrior is, is you know, I, I, he's – have we gotten a uh, confirmation on trades? Uh, this is actually a question from the uh, Periscope. Have we gotten confirmation on Trey's future, by the way? Anybody know? No? This is no from just – this is – so I can give uh, the shout-out. Uh, you can't be Morlock sent that. I don't know whose handle you are on. Given my medical background, I don't see the guy playing football ever again. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it either. I'm just saying, you know, that's the question that was asked. And, you know, we answer things here on the, the GQ fan no, podcast, even though we – and I called a pod quest, by the way, because that's what it's going to be called um, <laughs> with the pod quest. But uh, – and thank you, 006043, for joining. You're going to go put this on the main board, so thank you. Um, so we're, we're, we're talking here a little bit about – and I think this is interesting. You know, Pruitt – he he did tippy toe the whole year around. He didn't tippy toe around if if the players played with the energy they needed to win the game or the the drive or the want to. But do you guys really think like in Priestfall, maybe I'll ask you this. Do you really think that Pruitt did not like the team that he had, or he thought that there were like people say cancer, they throw that around. Do we have people with, you know, the the cancer on the team that held the team back? Like what are your thoughts? He didn't like the whole makeup of the team because you got a guy that in the middle of the week is crying at UGA game, crying about the performances team put on. And then you got the, the guy that's crying. And then the guy that's at the end of the Vanderbilt game, what are your thoughts on, on Pruitt's thoughts on the team? I, I think whenever he came in, yeah, I think he was just probably amazed at the lack of talent. Like, I think that's what caught him off guard the most. He, I don't think he would ever question those kids hearts. I think, you know, he he saw you know that some of them just weren't good enough, and I think that frustrated him to the point of of whenever he would kind of not lose his cool, but kind of voice some of that frustrations. I think he just he 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 couldn't get past that. He's never been around that level or lack of talent that he's ever had to coach. Um, now I'm not saying that there's not cancers in there. I don't know, um, but you can. Based on you know kind of what Kyle Phillips said and Shy Tuttle at the end of the the Vandy game, apparently there still are. And I kind of I asked you guys, you know, I wasn't on last week, but I asked you in the in the chat we had, you know, how many you think, you know, what's the what who's going to be asked to leave or or who over under how many players are going to be either asked or or told, hey, you're you know you're just not going to fit here anymore. And I put it at nine because I feel that there are some players a that didn't play this year. We saw Will McBride; he already left. Um, and I expect there'll probably be some more um, coming up. And then, I, you know, I can easily see another five or six after after the, this recruiting class comes in and they filled a little bit of hole um, and say, hey, look, you're just not going to get to play. And they say, well, we're going to put you in a spot 
you know, where you can be successful at a conference USA or a, or a mid-level program where you can get right. some playing time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's him. Um, but I, I don't know if he, he just didn't like the players. I, I feel like he, he did his best with what he had. Um, but I think towards the end of the year, I think that the ones that weren't on board were growing tired of Pruitt and his staff. And I think the one right. the Pruitt and his staff were growing tired of the ones that weren't on board. Right. Um, I think I think that was just kind of the way that the season ended, and it was a culmination of Vandy basically just running up the score on us because it, they were all done. I think they were tired. Oh, I think all of us were tired. I'm I'm yawning right now thinking about it. But uh, actually, I have a question, in, and I appreciate that, uh, Priest and uh, Ceci Vree, whatever your name is, on Periscope. We got people on Periscope. We have people on YouTube joining. So thank you guys for joining to the the VolQuest fan podcast. This is live. This is groundbreaking. Nobody on Rivals is doing this. Literally, Michigan, USC, Alabama, screw Alabama, uh, <laughs> Texas, same thing here, Oklahoma, Georgia. Nobody's doing this. This is groundbreaking stuff that we're doing. So thank you for being a part of this. We appreciate it. Um, question from uh, Big Vol AL90. He says, I'd like to hear how each of you think we close this class. If anyone is dropped, who just want to see how different people hear and read things differently from the staff? So, who wants to take that? That's kind of a big question. Um, all right, PTC, how do we end up with the, with the class? Just, you know, be brief about it. Who do we end up with? Who do we drop potentially? And give give us a, a standout that you think that we that we get at the end. I'm going with my the top three. I um, Wright, Papo, and Gray. Um, those are all three pretty safe, but they haven't exactly said much of anything about yes, I'm coming. But um, we know that um, through some channels that Wright has been silently committed, but he wants to just enjoy the process. I'm pretty sure Papo's going to flip. Um, Gray is already decommitted, and as we saw on the quest already. We, he, is he a three-star, by the way? Because I keep thinking he's a three-star. Yes, Gray. All right, three-star, do he's, not want. I, that's my automatic response. Well, he's also a Mr. Tennis of football. You know, three times. Look, I'm sure he's wanted history. He's higher. He's underrated by rivals compared to everybody else. I'm yeah, sure. he's, he, he's yeah, legit. Um, somebody that I think that would, you know, that would surprise me, Yeah, probably Kenyatta Watson. Um, I just don't have a great feeling about him flipping from Texas to us, but I think that would be a great surprise. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. Bleed Orange, anybody else you think that we have to have? We've talked about uh, the white guy from Memphis. Uh, yes, racist uh, white guy from Memphis. Who, Who's the defensive end? Nolan, right? Or not not, not Nolan. Who's the guy? Uh, what's his name? Norton. Norton, excuse me. Yeah, yeah thank you. Norton. The white guy from Memphis. Uh, we've talked about Nolan, who's a UGA commit, right, from IMG. We've talked about a big Winnie or whatever his name is, uh, who's uh, – I think he's an Alabama lean, right, or no? I mean, there's there's some guys that are out there. Talking about the guy from Forest Park. He's already committed to Alabama. Yeah, right, but he's kind of keeping his his options open. And then also you talk about Mel Tucker. What do you guys think about Mel Tucker going to, to Colorado? I mean, that's got to impact some of these recruits, right? I mean, some of these UGA guys, it has to impact it because these guys are going to UGA because of Tucker, and he's gone now. They're not going to go to Colorado. They want to stay in the SEC. 
Any, I mean, I feel like this is a Ronnie Gardner type impact. Anybody, any thoughts? Well, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, the thing is that they're still continuing to cast a, a wide net and uh, their names popping up and, you know, there's probably stuff that we don't even know about out there. Um, you know, we obviously need uh, to get some playmakers. And I think that's something that we, uh, whoever, wherever that comes from, that's going to be important in this class. Uh, obviously, offensive linemen, um, defensive linemen. I mean, my gosh, it, the defensive line is really going to need some people to step up next year. Uh, you know, Pruitt's kind of running a fine line with uh, development and bringing in some JUCO help uh, because they're losing a lot on the defensive line. Maybe Powell's got an idea on that himself. Give me a clarification on, on that. Is, does Daryl Taylor have one year of eligibility left? I think he does. I think, I think so, yeah. Okay. I mean, I looked yeah, at it for years. So we're actually losing then Tuttle and Phillips, right? And we're yeah. losing Kongbo, but he's been out because of – Hey, RIP Kongbo. By the way, the GQ fan podcast – we love you, man. We I'm pouring this one out for you, by the way, because we we dogged on you, man. We you have a special place in our heart, Kongbo. Seriously, we love you, man. Yeah, right, go let's, ahead. Get, let's get him on. Let's, Sorry. Let's yeah, let's get him on the podcast. I apologize to him. <laughs> He's like, I heard you guys talking crap about. Him. Right, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I can add as far as recruits. I don't know if y'all listen to the. I'm sure you do on some level. Listen to the to the podcast that Ballquest actually do, Brent and them. Yes. There there was one statement that I think it was Austin Price made that. I guess that that offensive guard that's committed to Oklahoma right now, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'll try to look it up. But, uh, is that the Ogo not, kid? Yeah, Nogo. Yeah. yeah so he sounds like he may be some sort of a package deal. Um, he made a comment. I think he was talking to Pruitt, if I, if I recall. And he basically said that, you know, if, if they get right, then they'll get him too. Uh, but if they don't get right, I don't think he'll get him. So it seems like there's, there's a little bit of um, – People are trying to get him to not, you know, not sign with Oklahoma uh, here in December. If they don't, and we get right, uh, you know, watch for that kid to to come to us also. Yeah, are we going to want to take that many offices? If he's that good, we'll take him. Well, that's true. That's that's like what six or seven, I guess, something like that. Oh uh, God, let me. I'll, I'll pull it up right now as we're talking. But I mean. You know, that guy, you know, that gives us three real blue trip cornerstones. Mm -hmm. You know, we maybe we tell yeah. somebody else to look around that we wouldn't normally, but uh, they don't turn right or, or that kid away. Not, that's not the feeling I get from from reading what Volquest has to offer. And and you have those classes where they didn't take any offensive linemen, so they had need to take right. extra to, oh, fill, to backfill. Yeah. And, and, I mean, no, no offense to, to the current players we have, but, I mean, these kids seem like they're built to be in the SEC. Some of our offensive linemen aren't currently built that way. So if they see a quick path to the field and can turn them really fast, I mean, I don't think you turn them away. We have four currently committed, so that would give us that give us six. I don't, I don't. I mean, that's a lot, but um, maybe they tell one of those guys to look around. Uh, but you know, six or five in a class that that seems, especially with that's our, our team's need. I mean, we need offensive linemen, and yep. we need defensive linemen, and obviously we need all positions for the most part, but those two, you know, we got to get them in, in the program, get them, you know, in the, in the weight room, all that kind of stuff and start building up. You can, you can add a wide receiver 
two years from now and he can make an impact today he steps on the field. Offensive lineman, I suspect that to the extent that Pruitt will overload a class at a certain position, it's going to be in the trenches because those guys need time to kind of mature in a program. No, that's good stuff. That's good stuff, guys. So um, we've had a couple questions as well. Um, let me see here from Fred. Oh, that's a terrible question. So what we'll do is, it was actually what was your meal choice at 2 a.m. Meal, meal of choice at Waffle House at 2 a.m. We'll, we'll, break, we'll break and go to something else because I want to talk about OC as well. I know we talk about recruiting a little bit. I want to talk about OC, but um, who – who has a good meal at 2 a.m.? Because I'm a, I'm a ham and cheese uh, omelet kind of guy with hash browns. All-star Who, breakfast. All-star breakfast at 2 a.m. When you're Texas at Waffle steak, House. Hash browns scattered and covered. Scattered and covered. Okay. Powell, you got the muscles, so you're all about remember. protein, man. Yeah, I don't remember too many meals at 2 o'clock in the morning at Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got, we got Holy Land Ball on Periscope. Thank you for joining, by the way. So I always, every time I see Holy Land Ball, I think about Holly Warlick. So uh, we got, uh, you can't be Morlock. He talks about Topton and country. That's uh, his, the way that he does his, his, uh, his meals over at uh, Waffle House. So uh, Priest, what you got, man? Man, 2 a.m. I, I got to go Taco Bell. That sounds so bad, but. All right, what's your Taco Bell then? Tell me what your Taco Bell is. Oh, dude, the, the Frito burrito. What? You remember the, the spicy. No cheesy frito. gordita crunch? No, no gordita dude, crunch. Angus is going to hate you the next day. Angus? Pepper thy Angus? Okay. Yeah. No, dude, I got to go Taco Bell, man. I, I love the cheesy gordita crunch. That's my Those favorite. Good. Oh, it's so good, dude. I get that. And if you. I have a rule, oh, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, if, if I had to be Waffle House, it was some sort of cheesecake sandwich, but I want some pizza rolls uh, when I'm drunk. Patinos? Yeah, hell yeah. Just oh, yeah. Those things I got some of those. Eat those things. <laughs> so, pounding thrill for the Periscope crowd, pounding thrill, and I agree with him. He's got Totino's for his 2.30 snack after a, a night out at the bar. Um, I'm a big – I like – in with Priest, I, I do like the Taco Bell selection, but I have a criteria where I cannot have Taco Bell past 4 o'clock or else my small intestine will hate me for like six <laughs> hours. And I will crap myself. Literally, it's so bad. I mean, it's – you know, it's like where it sprays. Everywhere. I won't even get into it. I just can't do it. I can't do Taco Bell that way. Well, if you're ever in Nashville and you can see us, I mean, we'll go we'll go out and then we can get a Princess Hot Chicken – and get some really good chicken at 2 a.m. That's, I'm good that's at that, my dude. best meal. I will go anywhere Paul Fortenberry <laughs> goes. If Paul Fortenberry goes to it, I'll go to it. So, Paul, I know you're listening. I know you're one of the viewers tonight. We He's love your you. BFF. You are my BFF, even though you don't respond to my text anymore. Um, still love you, man. All right, so now that this is derailed, all right, hold on. You can't be more like who gets the uh, next uh, get shirt. I don't know what that what that is. So you have to ask You'll have to ask that again. I have no idea what that means. All right, so let's go into um, where, do you, where do you guys want to go here? Like, where do we? Uh, Notre Dame to... out of the BCO. Oh yes. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Bleed Orange. I know you're here for. I know you have a great background. By the way, let's all look at in Marvel. He's got the high ceiling. He has a place at Reynolds Plantation. Who gets? Oh, okay. Who get? Who's getting processed or transferred? Is asking. Someone's asking on a Periscope. So we'll talk about that in a second. So bleed orange, I'll give you this really quickly. 
one answer, who's getting processed and transferred before we go to the UGA Alabama game? Mm, uh, let's see. Was it Brown, the tight end? James, James Brown. Brown. James Brown. He's getting he's getting transferred. All right. I I, I think he's still on the team. <laughs> that's that's how much I think he's probably getting processed. Perfect. All right. So James Brown process transferred by Felicia. If I had it, I click on it right now. But uh, let's go to the UGA Alabama game. Obviously, a terrible game for the University of uh, Georgia. Which living in Atlanta, I love it. Yes. It made me so happy. It made me, uh, you know, jump out of my chair as the game went on and watching. And I would, like, rewind and take screen caps and send it to the group text and fast forward and take screen caps. And the things we said, the naughty things we said about UGA, and it all went true. It all became true. And we hate UGA so much. And I know we hate Alabama, guys. Everybody on the board, stop freaking out about Alabama, okay? They're in first place. You have to let it, like, right out. Okay, you're better than everybody right now. Like, just because you want UGA first, right? Exactly. Just because you want, and this is what I want everybody on here to talk about. I want everybody on here to have a second to talk about all the people on the board that are saying, "You guys are UGA fans. You guys are Alabama fans." Like, let's clear the air here for a second on this Alabama versus UGA topic. Who wants Alabama to win? Nobody does. But who wants UGA to be on top? Anybody here want UGA to have an SEC title to be able to go sell to anybody? Pounding, I know you're thinking about it. Who wants to talk about that? I mean, you know, like I I said earlier, no way Georgia winning that game helps us. Like, we don't – we recruit against Georgia more than we do against Alabama. So, I don't – you know, absolutely not. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. And that's that's the thing is – yeah, go ahead, Powell. I think that's like kind of the best-case scenario sort of for it looking, you know, bad um, for them. That is kind of – it's pretty embarrassing. I'd hate to lose that way, you know, especially like two years in a row. Um, lose it's embarrassing. That way. 100% yeah. embarrassing. Do you think – and this is actually a question from – let me see here. We got a couple questions. One from UTJ. Actually, love you, UTJ. And thank you for all your topics you do with uh, Bailey1999, who asked <laughs> us to go into uh, his hot tub in Colorado, which is very odd to me. Um, UTJ asks, any chance UTA tries to hire Sharer away? What do you guys think? I mean, I can see it, uh, given his history there. But, you know, at this point – why take a <clears throat> would essentially be a lateral transfer? And it seems to me like since we brought Scherer over from UGA, his str- his ties to CJP are much stronger than they are to Kirby or Athens for that matter. Um, I don't see it happening, but you've got to worry about it too. All right. So somebody says S Herrera is tied to Pruitt. Oh, Sharer is tied to Pruitt. So what you're saying, right? Yes. So yeah. So we we we've got the. I don't think he's going anywhere. I you know I think Pruitt's holding it down. He knows that people aren't coming in for one year, you know, two years and leaving. 
Um, and that's what gets me a little bit worried about freeze. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, another question too. So what's the ideal outcome if Alabama struggles with uh, Notre Dame and then loses to Oklahoma? Is there an outcome there that would help Tennessee out at all? Or just because we're not in the game, we're, it just kind of screws us over? What do you guys think? I don't think it matters. Mm-mm. I don't think so either. I don't think it matters. What hey, that was a question from the board. That was a question from a Periscope, so I'm just asking. Other people may have different opinions. I don't think it matters. Alabama's going to Alabama as long as Saban is there. They're running through their streak now. We've had our streak in the past. They've been down and up, you know. I don't think it matters what Alabama does because everybody's kind of expecting them to do what they do. Yep. All right, so let's – do you guys want to talk OC or do you guys want to talk the – actually, I have a question. So, PTC, um, that fourth down call, we – I mean, we went crazy over text on that fourth down, fourth and 11. I know you weren't watching at the time. Or even Priest, if you want to come in on this. Um. That was potentially, if you look at the main board of rivals, that was one of the dumbest calls in the history of college football. I have him him as my one of my Hail Marys to give up at the end. Okay, all right, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait for that. We'll wait for (laughs) the Hail Marys on freefall. Yeah, I was doing some reloading. My Powell, even. I mean, what do you guys think, man? Like, what what are you thinking when you see they bring out fields, and then they. Plain as day. They didn't even oh hide him. Gosh, dude. <laughs> and then he, like, doesn't even pump fake it, I don't think. He, like, just tucks it and is trying to make a move and just gets <laughs> There's swallowed no up. There's no move. And he just gets swallowed up. And this this is fourth and 11. It's not fourth and one. He doesn't even try to run it. Like, And this is one of the most critical parts of the ball game. And this guy just gets stuffed. And then also, uh, not even that, guys. All right. And PTC or Powell or Pounding, you guys tell me what you think. Or anybody here. Not the part that um, that play gets called, but then Kirby after the game, Kirby Stupid, which we all like to call him Kirby Stupid. He wants to go on to the press and say, well, it, it was open, but we didn't call it fast enough and hike it and all this kind of stuff. Are you kidding me? Is there any? Is anybody have any positive thing to call about that play? I mean, here's what I'll say about about that. I mean, when you got a trick play like that, if it works, everybody talks about what a genius it is, right? You know, and it doesn't work, then everybody just wants. I, I guy wants to try to uh, try a trick play. I'm not. I'm not necessarily down on that. It seems to be really poorly conceived and executed. I don't think that's the proper time to do it. But uh, I don't. I don't give coaches as hard as time as other people do when it comes to trying to do something that they think nobody else will see coming. That one just seemed kind of ill-advised all the way around. So I will criticize a little bit for that. But in the end, if that had if that had worked, then none of us are sitting here saying that's the worst call in the history of whatever. It, it just didn't work out. That's why. That's why it was a bad call. So you know, I I, I will disagree with you on some level there, uh, pounding the. Uh, You've got, you've got them against, you've got them, you know, basically against the ropes. You stay aggressive, not in that manner. And 
you continue to run Jake Fromm out there, continue to have him run the offense he's been running, throwing the ball like he's been throwing it, and you don't deviate. Alabama couldn't stop you. They, they hadn't proved that they could stop you. And all of a sudden, you're backed up against the ball yourself, and you're trying to make something happen. They didn't need to make anything happen. Uh, Georgia had, had the players on the field to beat Alabama. They had the uh, offensive game plan. And Kirby got too smart for himself. That's completely my opinion. But, you know, I agree with you that if, you know, they pull it off, it's a great call. But <laughs> I would still question on whether it was the right time to do it because you, you, you've you literally got their backs against the wall at that point. Well, I think, I think it's obvious that nobody expected him to do it. Uh, I was laughing, telling my wife, I said, oh, you know, if he really wanted to make everybody not expect him to do it, then maybe get a delayed game penalty and make it fourth and 16. <laughs> but, you know, there just wasn't any, there wasn't any sense. And I mean, you know, in the football game, I, I tell you what, I thought that Kirby was saying with that, that he was making a statement. He didn't think his defense could stop Alabama. I mean, I don't think any coach worth their salt would have made that decision thinking, you know, you, you kick the ball and you try and pin them back, you get your defense to stop them, and then you've got time to go down and win the game. I don't think that he thought his defense could stop them at that point. Um, my personal opinion, I think there was a little bit more uh, than his saying, oh, well, you know, we were there to win the game and stay aggressive. Well, there's aggressive and there's stupid. <laughs> well, that was, again, they don't call him Kirby stupid for, for any reason. So, <laughs> um no, it's uh, it's it's crazy. It's um, it's interesting to see the collapse that they had. That's two years in a row. And mm -hmm. uh, do, do you guys agree with everybody uh, saying he's like Rick, like Mark Rick? They compared his uh, oh, records, man. and I mean, he's got an SEC championship, but I mean, so does that, Rick. That's that's tough. Yeah, that, I mean, that as a Georgia fan, that must really suck. <laughs> I saw a uh, great meme. Powell actually sent it to the uh, group chat. It's uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Van um, looking at Kirby. And all of a sudden, in the next frame, he pulls the uh, Kirby's face off. And it's actually a mask cause, uh, hiding Mark Rick's face. <laughs> I saw the, the, they sent the one on Twitter the other day, the one where the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each other when they meet each other, and one of them had mm -hmm. Mark Rick's name and Kirby Smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So do we want to talk about a little bit, uh, do we want to jump to basketball at all? Do we? anybody want to pile on Kirby or UGA? I do want to say Cade Mays, excuse me, Jade, Maze is fat and lazy. Um, but outside of that, anybody else want to talk about UGA? No, just go ahead. I think I agree, you know, with everybody. Everybody will agree with this. And, you know, pounding, you brought it up. Um, the best case scenario happened, you know, last night for us. UGA is our direct competitor, especially in recruiting. And the more that they get beat down, the better it is for us. Yeah, and them look foolish. I mean, that's you know yeah. that that's that helps. I mean, it probably didn't help all that much to be honest with you, but it, it sure as hell doesn't hurt. So might help with Tresman Marshall. You never know. Might. All right. It's so something actually, else you can use against him. Go ahead, pal. 
it's just it's just something else you can use against them, um, like the, the fourth down call. If you know when you're recruiting guys, you got them in the office room, and I mean, you can talk, you know, tell talk to them about that and, and stuff. You know, tell them we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna do anything stupid like that, whatever. But um, I, I, I'm just still amazed that that even crossed their mind at that point in the game to do what that. What a dumb call. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you make them go 75, 80 yards. You know, you have to make them do that. Even yeah. even though they were probably going to go seventy five or eighty yards either way. I mean, you just you don't help them out any. Right. You never do. You, know, end up you, you never know what happens. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You never know what happens. They may come or snap or something. I mean, things happen in football, and right. you know, so make them make the play. Don't just give it to them halfway there. At least right. make them make it. Hey, GT, I want to bring up a uh, question from the board. Yep, go ahead. Paul Fan in L.A., and I want to pose this to everybody. Um, how do you guys think Hugh is going to handle getting screamed at on the sideline during the game? Obviously, that presupposes uh, Freeze is our OC, but at the same time, you know, I'll throw in Lindsay. Talk about the two possibilities. Hmm. Hmm. I think he is probably more willing to uh, absorb those things now as he tries to rehab his image. I mean, let's face it, he's been uh, a head coach. So there's always a transition there, I think, from going from head coach to being the offensive coordinator. But uh, I think he'll probably handle it fine for a while anyway. (laughs) That's true. Does it, does it make a difference that he's probably only going to be here a year or two? I mean, does that does that matter? I mean, I know often coordinate, good coordinators don't stick around long anyway. You never see guys stay more than three or four years anymore, but um, yeah. they usually move up to a head coach or whatever. You just, but you know, if how do you recruit? You know, knowing that guy's only going to be here a year or two. That's the only thing that kind of bothers me about it. A good point. Well, actually, uh, Fix Drive, I'll ask uh, Bleed Orange. You know, Fix, Drive, Fix Drive asks, um, what do you think about uh, how uh, VFF will handle the Hugh Freeze hire? <laughs> well, I, I've, I've got to confess, uh, other people may be better qualified to answer that than me. I can't say that I follow VFF very often. Well, you, you've got him. You're following him. I've seen on your handle. When I go on your account, you're following him. So, oh, I don't. I must have hit the wrong button by accident. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I got I'll you. I have to okay. ask Ma how I did that. Uh, okay. Well, we and shout out to Ma. I know Ma's been trying to log in tonight, and we've also oh. got a number of folks on the uh, the Periscope trying to log in. Um, so, thank you guys for watching on Periscope. But. Uh, so any any other responses on VFF's response to uh, Mr. Hugh Freeze? I mean, do you guys think it's going to be Hugh? Do you think it's going to be Lindsey? Who do you guys think it's going to be? I mean, it's, I think it's he's a toss right now. He's wanting Tiger. No, what do you guys? Who do you guys think it's going to be? I mean, like it's it's all good and well, but it's like we need we literally like we need this is the VolQuest fan podcast we need to put i like what i am hearing about freeze and the things that we have been led to believe as far as his interview but do you like his brother hold on gt and i'll finish 
Um, if for any reason that goes sideways, it'll be Chip Lindsey because he's the yeah. safer hire. Um, we, you know, track record, we go for the safe hires, but it, with all the baggage that Freeze comes with, I still think he's going to be the guy who can put up the best offense that we can run. Uh, just some comments. Uh, Thick Stripe said, Vomit Chip Lindsay. So, FYI. <laughs> I wonder why he's I'm just so saying. Chip Lindsay. I, you know, I saw him, I think, post something about that earlier. I, you I know, and he may listen. If, if, if Thick Stripe is some Hugh yep. Freeze fanboy, and, you know, he just hates anybody who's not, he, you know, who freeze and, and so be right. it. But Chip Lindsay, just on paper, and I looked him up a little bit, just kind of his background. He's got a heavy high school background, which yeah. kind of coincides yeah. with Coon a little bit. You know, they seem to know each other. He's an offensive coordinator for, you know, a high-level SEC program. I don't think Auburn fans, like, despise Chip Lindsay. I think there's been um, – I, I talked to one of my Auburn buddies. Just say, what's going on with the offense coordinator? His perception this is more like some meddling issues, and they just don't seem to really jive with each other. Dude, meddling, really? That, that, that's, that's really what he said. That's so, fun, I, I don't know. Man. I mean, I think I, the fact that the fact that Pruitt met with Hugh Freeze and that made its way into the media indicates to me that he's got the green light. If he wants Hugh Freeze, he can go get him. Because, you know, if, if Fulmer is going to sit there and say, or, or the president of the school or who it may be, Hugh Freeze is an option, then they're not going to allow Pruitt to go stalk to him in the first place. And the sure as hell aren't going to allow that to get leaked out to the media. So, so does that help us? Does, uh, does Lindsay help us with uh, Pickens? I mean, I guess so. Why wouldn't he? That, that's a wide receiver that's committed to, to Auburn, correct? Right. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I, I would, I would think it helps. It, it would help us. Um, Can't hurt. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think it would hurt us. But that's not why they're going to, re- you know, hire him. They're going to hire him just because he's a good fit. So, I'll go dark horse with Dan Enos. Yeah. Who, who's I think, your dark I think with what we oh, go ahead, pal. With the whole, with the, the way the coaching search went down the higher Pruitt and the way um, a lot of the rumors were never shot down. I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking if, um, if um, Hugh Freeze is not an option, then I think they don't, you know, learning what happened last, last time. I think it would have been shot down by now. Former yeah. being there and he saw, yeah. you know, with the way that just un- unraveled basically with the fan base. Um, it in because that went on the other night, and then um, Randy Boyd getting on Twitter and right. shooting that stuff down. That makes right. me, that just makes me think that they're handling this pretty well. And if Hugh is really not an option, I think we would know by now. I agree with that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was just saying, Dark Horse Danny. You know, I mean, that dude. He, he's. I think he might get some run. I would be shocked if Pruitt didn't at least talk to the guy. He may get some run for the OC at Alabama, but I, I still think he's got a, a swinger's chance to to get a shot at it as well. I mean, if Chip if Chip does Chip doesn't leave Auburn and the the freeze bubble pops, I mean, I'm sure that's that's the first place to go. I, I hope with everything I have that he doesn't go for the Browns guy. I don't even remember his name. What's Kitchens? Kitchens. Yeah. yeah. That's just, that's, 
that's that's quite discouraging but um but um yeah i, I would say enos had the outside dark horse shot to be to be the guy if uh his boy chip didn't come over i'll I, I tell you the hire that concerns me all right because i mean i think i think enos is a great option oh, you yeah, know that's a, that's a young up-and-coming guy who's who he knows so i like the boxes that one checks i like hugh freeze for various reasons i like Lindsay. it's it's friend that's the one <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be worried okay because it's just percent close you know he whether it's right or wrong or accurate or, or whatever, you know, there seems to be some sort of um, belief that he was involved with Helton's offense and, and contributed to kind of like the meddling this year. So if he hires like friend this year, that one just feels like a, you know, a recipe. I don't want to say recipe for disaster. That's probably a little extreme, but I'll, I'll have some big concerns and I'll be really nervous going into the next season. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it'll uh, be Will Friend, man. That that's rough. Just, go ahead, pal. And actually, by the way, Thick Stripe uh, agrees with you, pal. So go ahead, man. Oh, it's okay. Um, I I heard that uh, Will Friend was offered the OC job last year, going into despite when they when everybody got hired, that he was offered the job, and um, he turned it into the office in line, and that's it. And uh, um, and that's when we went after Helton. But uh, that's why I don't think he'll he has he'll get it this year or even it is an option. Okay. I hope he's not an option. <laughs> hope it's all, I also hope it's not Osavet or Osavet. How are you pronouncing his name? Isn't he like the? The creator of RPOs, isn't that what people say about him? Yeah, he makes awesome. like 20, 20K a year. Yeah, but he's like uh, the greatest offensive mind of all time. But oh dude came gosh. from a Juco and makes, Le you know. Left everything behind. Unbelievable. And that I've made multiple threads on that priest. Like, oh, how come nobody's been saying nothing about uh, Osovit? How come Osovit hadn't been put into the game plan? You know, how come Osovet hadn't been thought of as OC? And, the, you know, that's the thing is, like, you know, this guy that's – nobody knows all the stuff that's gone on behind the scenes. I mean, maybe some people know, but I sure as heck don't know. I pretend to know, but I don't know. And nobody else knows. So, Osovet, I'm sure he's great and everything, but he has – he's not – he hadn't had his hand on the, the offense, I don't think, as much as some of the others have. Maybe he will in this this next round, next OC, all that kind of stuff. Because we hadn't – was there a lot of RPO? I don't think so. Was there a lot of that? No. No, no because there, JG isn't going to run it. Was there anything, like, even I don't creative? know if he can read it. Maybe there was three or four creative plays all year. Like, the the things that come to me were the, uh, the Phil's and me uh, run against Auburn. What other uh, – the the – Long touchdown throw to Palmer. What was that long throw to Palmer where Jordan we uh, jet sweep? A Mur a Murphy, yeah. Anything else? And it's like this. It's pitiful. That it's like, uh, Tim Jordan seam route out of the backfield. There we go. And that, this is why you're on the podcast. That's why I ask you to take copious notes every single week. So thank you for doing that. Um, so let's talk Austin, a little bit. Austin Pope. Oh, Austin Pope, really? Austin Pope's. You're going to do that? Oh. The fourth, well, talking about 
plays that they kind of came up with. The uh, I thought you were going to say dropping the, the ball in the end zone, Austin Pro. I thought that was horrible. That's all we talk about is only that no, on the, the fan podcast. But, so let's let's go yeah. into before we go into basketball. Let's talk about the the pre uh, confession corner with Priestfall. I want to talk about that. Let's go into SEC Tennessee, whatever you want to talk about Priestfall. What confessions do you have for players, for coaches? What has stood out to you over the past couple of months? It's been a little while. I wish I could play the music for you. By the way, I don't have the camera because it's live. But I would be playing Usher music for you right now. Yeah, we'll have to. You guys, you have to splice it in. Yeah, next um, time I'll have to add it in. I'll have to copy paste it in. So no. go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, confession corner. I know we haven't. I haven't been on to catch up. But I mean, I didn't really get into. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I only called out one player. So there's there's that. Um, but you know, I I started and kind of broke it down. I did coaching, offense, defense, and players, and then just kind of just who my Hail Marys were at the end of the year, similar to what we did the first time. So I'll go with coaching and kind of some assumptions I made going into the year and then what kind of surprised me and make some confessions. And first thing I'll start off and I'll say is that, you know, Jeremy Pruitt is one heck of a defensive play caller. I mean, that guy shocked me. I mean, I've heard of DCs and everybody said he was really good at what he did, but you can tell that he knows how to line up a defense. Now he may not have the dudes to go out and run his defense and make it great, but uh, definitely can call it, definitely can scheme for it. Um, I think he just – he, his, he just doesn't have the talent that he needs to make it successful. Um, but in turn, I, I'll say that as a pro for, for Pruitt, but also uh, a con for him is that, you know, as you know, most everyone on this podcast has probably, you know, managed people or, or dealt with being the boss of somebody. The first time you do it is completely different than the second time you do it because you learn a lot that first time you do it. And I think with this OC hire, he's going to have to find out that he's got to he's got to give up a little bit of that control. He may not like it because it, it's just something that he doesn't do very well. Um, but I think he needs to. I think he it would allow him to focus on the whole um, the bigger part of the entire game. Um, you know, he says I think it was Austin Price that said a couple times that you know he he commented that he could call the offense too. Well, that's all good and well but you end up doing that you make a kirby smart call and and go for a fake punt on the 50 when you run your backup quarterback on with everybody looking at it um you know the other thing is is for me is these guys can recruit (laughs) we were talking about it you know where are we going to put all the players that um that they're recruiting now we have 20 what was it 21 22 guys already committed um, there's not a lot of space there. So somebody's either going to have to be purged. Um, now I don't have an inside source, but I would reading some of the tea leaves. I'd be really shocked if Lakia Henry is part of this class, just because the Tresman Marshall, the, the Papo guy, I mean, there's, they may look at them and say, Hey, I can take two high school kids instead of a Juco guy that, you know, may not cut the grades or, you know, may not have the exact talent or build, but, he was a four-star that wanted in at the very beginning and we're going to keep him. Um, so I, that would be the one guy uh, we mentioned who would, who might not be in that class. That's kind of my vote. I don't see, I, there's just something, I don't know what it is. A gut feeling that Henry may not be in this class. Um, so confession corner for the offense, man, it's bad. Um, real bad. So I did, I, I wanted to look, so we're not much better than last year, fellas. 
um, if, you, if you want to break it down, I'm going to pull my best Jesse Simonton here and get, and get into some numbers. So our <laughs> points, per, our points per game ranking, and Jesse, you can critique me if you if you don't like it, man. So uh, points per game ranking in 20, 2017, we ranked 118th um, in the country. We ranked 120th in 2018 this year. So we dropped two spots this year. Um, which and we won two we all, SEC games. <laughs> yeah, and we won two SEC games in spite of that. But we did average more points. So we we averaged 19 and a half points a game compared to the 17 points last year. So that's, I guess, it's, yeah, it's bad, right? Um, and then, so breaking it down, so the, and then getting into the offensive line, um, you know, outside of Trey Smith, and like we've all said, you know, wish that kid the best of luck. I'm sure he'll do be successful no matter what he does. But outside of him, it, it, it's just so bad. Those guys, they may try really hard, but I mean, just so bad. That's all I can say. That, uh, watching them in the Vandy game get pushed around by guys that, you know, that are smaller than Powell biceps. I mean, like, dude, <laughs> these guys are supposed to be SEC offensive linemen, and they they're getting pushed. They're just getting pushed around. They're not moving the line. Um, pro for the offense. I give a shout out to Ty Chandler. That kid's dynamic. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know if he, uh, if he got the burn that he should have, uh, we all probably can agree on that, that when he's your one playmaker, no matter if you hand it off to him, put him in space, the kid was good. Um, but they just, they didn't, they didn't get it to him. And it was, that's, that's the problem with that. So we'll see if, uh, whoever the new OC is coming in can, can have some handle with that. Defense, uh, defense was actually pretty good. I'm digging into some Simonton stats here. Uh, this year's yards per game ranking, we were 60th in the country of allowing. That's that's at least middle of the pack, um, considering we were 91st in 2017. So, you know, 30% basically um, growth over that year of, of improvement, um, only allowing 394 yards a game compared to the four, the putrid 430 we gave up. 2017 yeah so in 2017 we averaged uh 430 yards per game the bob sheep special um but also looking at some of it just the tackling i mean i don't, I don't want to say kids are soft but man those guys don't like to hit you saw it in the in the in the vanderbilt game you saw it kind of down the road the only time they did hit was auburn and kentucky and they won those games they were physical they they took good angles. I mean, Nigel Warrior had his best tackle ever against Auburn when he stood that kid up around on the reverse. We all thought, there, there is what you're supposed to do. He read it. He, he squared him up, stared at his belly button, and put him to the ground. Um, but but they, that's not just this year, though. I mean, we can talk about this, but I feel like it's been – tackling has been bad since, like, 2007. Like, I feel like we haven't tackled anybody since – shit, I was in high school. Um so, I mean, so bad. Um, points per game, though, we, we actually went down. Um, we only improved by, like, two spots comparatively um, from last year. Gave up 30 points a game this year. We gave up 31 last year, so not big of a – not that much too big of a difference. Um, but, you know, last note I'll make on before I get to the Hail Marys real quick is we just need athletes. I mean, I – I've always been the kind of guy that's like, oh, well, these guys have been in the program. They've, they've paid their dues. I'm, I'm past that. Bring in some new dudes. Like, I don't care if, like, they're 17 years old, but they're 6'6", 270, and can block somebody, put them in. I don't uh, care either because I'll go and do a periscope of them. Yeah. Uh, you tell yeah, you me can go. where to go. You can go, yeah, live, live stream 
all five-star recruitments, whether it's Tennessee oh or not. Um, so my Hail Mary, so I'm going to go Hail Mary offensive staff minus David Johnson. I thought the wide receivers really improved this year. I thought they played a lot better. They Good caught point. the ball, you know, ran really crisp routes. Now they're not burners, but they, they ran good routes. They caught the ball when it was thrown to them. Um, you know, so, so offensive staff, I'm giving you 10 Hail Marys and that goes for, for Tyson Helton, who's now a new neighbor of mine up in Bowling Green from Nashville. Love it. But, you know, dude, that, that staff has got to get it together. And, and hopefully this OC hire will, yeah. will help kind of congeal some of that, that cohesiveness on cohesiveness on that staff. Cause if not, I mean, it's going to be just as bad um, next year. Cause I mean, other than, like I said, David Johnson, there wasn't much improvement. You know, Brian Niedemeyer is a heck of a recruiter or at least can speak the lingo and make connections with those kids. But, um, I mean, the tight ends were bad. They couldn't block anybody. Even DWA, who was swearing he was going to the NFL this year, was not very good. Um, so, yeah. So is he staff, an NFL pick, like, next year? Like this DWA. He's got to improve his route running and his blocking. And I've never. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> all right. So DWA and Convo are the two. Like, all right. So we look at. I, I know Richmond. we want to like. We want right, to. We're getting to Richmond in a second. No, no. We want to crap on Butch a lot, and we're <laughs> going to crap Arkin Bud. Thank you for joining Periscope. By the way, we want to crap on Butch a lot, but he at least got Alvin Kamara for two years. Okay. We have DWA and we have Kongbo, and both of those guys have been. I mean, Kongbo, yeah, he kind of came along, but has DWA, in y'all's opinion, come along? No, outside of that yeah. touchdown he caught in game one when everybody was like, oh, this is the guy we thought he was, and then he just disappeared for eight weeks. I mean, I, I, dude, our <laughs> offense was so, I mean, from, from play calling um, and just general, just the line, I, it's really hard to assess the talent of any of those guys, except for the offensive line. But you know, <laughs> other than that, I mean, DWA, I mean, just so much pressure, you know, that and you know, you're watching a TV broadcast. For all we know, DWA is flying down the scene wide open as, you know, yeah. Garantano is getting sacked. So, That's you true. know, the, the guy, the, he's, he seems to have all the tools he needs to be successful. I didn't necessarily see him. But it's not like he's out there dropping passes left and right. Um, oh, that's a good point. Look like he's running in concrete or something like that. So I, I thought you know. he made a good, a, a very telling comment at one point during the season where he said, "Coming in, he felt like a true freshman all over again." Yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy that obviously has great physical tools. Um, he's got speed and size, and sometimes they get in that JUCO program and they can kind of do what they want and impose their will on people without having proper techniques. And, uh, he, he obviously had a lot to learn when he got here, was probably yeah. more polished in his own mind than he, than he really was. Thanks, Arkind. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I think to y'all's point, so we have Arkind that's on here on uh, Periscope saying that, I mean, he thinks DWA can play, and then you think uh, Justin uh, Ridenauer says he is overrated, but let's give him another year to be fair. So I think at the end of the day, give him, give the guy a couple of years to get in the system. I feel like a five-star guy should come in and automatically make – Have an impact. Do something, right? Do a, you know, Camara where everybody's like, oh, Camara, give him the ball every time or else, you know, the coach sucks. Thick Stripe says DWA is fine. I don't know why. I think he's good, but he's not great. 
in thick stripe up i'd love for you to say why you think dwa is fine but he hasn't shown anything he doesn't want to block and that's the number one thing for a tight end you got to block at least when they throw him the ball he's okay catching it but he hasn't really shown the you know the want to be a, a first rounder or second or a third or fourth rounder yeah but so, but t- t- tight ends this is my yep. fan perspective and i'll you know somebody come out there and correct me or, or power team come out later and say i'm wrong but tight ends are about scheme you know you put them in the game you find mismatches you know a tight end is typically not the type of guy who's going to yep. beat somebody you know yeah position you call the right plays and then yep. our, our scheme to be quite honest sucked all year long um sure. you know he started every game not a lot of JUCOs come in and start every single game and get right. most snaps. You know, I don't ever remember really seeing – I don't recall too many run plays where he just whiffs on a block and, and causes our play to get blown up. I don't remember him dropping very many balls. Uh, he, he seemed to kind of do everything we ask. I was just surprised that they didn't ask him to do more. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody should – we shouldn't let him a bust yet. I, he's definitely not been a roaring success, but I think um, – I think if we get a good Seems offense, like and he's he's going to be just fine. He'll be. Uh, Fitzstrap agrees with you, so we can all go to sleep tonight. But uh, he says the scheme was terrible, yeah. um, and he says <laughs> next year we'll be okay. <laughs> we don't have an offensive yeah. coordinator, but next year we'll be okay. <laughs> <Right>. Next year, <laughs> yeah. he said with Freeze, LOL. Next year okay. we'll, we'll be better. <laughs> I like it. One point that somebody wants to make on here really quickly, and I, I love this. This is why we do this. Okay, listen, everybody. This is why we do the live podcast. I love the other way. This is why we do this way, because we have feedback instantaneously. From yes. I love it. Somebody said, um, you know, he, remember uh, O.J. Howard? He was a tight end. He was only one game. Uh, what, I don't know what that means, but uh, going down a little bit, he says, O.J. Howard was the best of the best, and look how tough it was for him to be featured. A lot goes into it. So, and I think to y'all's point, right, is you have these the 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 skills and the features of these tight ends, and it's a lot to put them into the game plan, like you guys are saying. So, can the O.C., which Thick Stripe thinks it's going to be Freeze, will Freeze be able to build someone like a D.W.A. into the game plan next year? And I hope so. Well, for all of let's our take sins. a look at. Let's take a look at a couple of the uh, tight ends we faced this year. We faced Irv Smith from Alabama, and he has been a feature part of their offense. We faced Isaac Nauta from UGA. He's been a feature part of their offense. And I'm not going to attempt to uh, pronounce the guy's name from Vandy. Um, or actually, not Vandy, but Missouri. All right, Bob. And he's been a uh, – right? He's been a uh, feature part of their offense. And all three of them have put on tape that they could go on the first round. Yeah. So I, I got I got one more Hail Mary. I mean, we talked about – well, I got two, actually. But we'll go Kirby Smart. I mean, really, we haven't done hounded on that dude enough. But, I mean, that play – when PTC and I were communicating yesterday yeah. about the podcast, he was like, you got him in there? And I was like, Yeah. But I think Bleed Orange, I think you said, you know, he just didn't have any faith. And you would think after pulling in a number one recruiting class, you'd have a little bit of faith in your athlete mm-hmm. um, to at least stop somebody 75 yards. I mean, heck, they can make a play. They may be dog tired, but they could at least make a play. Uh, I um, see what you did there. Yeah, you like that? 
so my last Hail Mary, and I don't know the kid, and I've never met him, but Drew Richmond, my man, I'm so glad that dude's gone. Oh um, my goodness! I, you know, he you gotta tag high, him in this. Man. I mean, oh. dude, you got four four Hail Marys for your four years you wasted here. I mean, like, come on, man, soft. Just soft, and and the it wouldn't be so bad if he didn't talk so much crap on the field to so many players after he just got basically pushed to the ground because he got beat and he would get up jawing and talking. I'm just oh. like, man, just shut it down. Like, uh, just 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 have a good day, man. I think he ha- it's one of those. I think to your point, he wanted to be really good, but he didn't want to yeah. put in the time and the energy and the yeah, focus to exactly. be good. Yeah, he's the yeah. kind where he he was in front of. You know the cameras and said, "I want to be do my all for Tennessee." Blah blah blah, and he never did it. So yeah, um, yeah. we yeah. actually got a comment really quickly from not the Power T, but from his friend Power T Vol, not the regular Power T. And he says, "I think DWA is going to be a good player for us. He was banged up for a bit most of the year. I believe it was a shoulder shoulder injury. I think that also hindered his playmaking ability." So. Not to talk about Richmond, but that's uh, DWA from, you know, the, the Valk West board. That's what they think. So we'll go off of that. Richmond, kudos. Congratulations on graduating. We're very happy for you. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk basketball before we go, uh, before we hang up, or what do you guys think? we got a big one coming up, um, not the next game, but the game after playing Gonzaga who is currently the number one team in the nation. So we've got one more tune-up, and if we play like we play today, I'm not sure who the next game is, but we play Texas A&M Corpus Christi today. And what I saw from some of the guys, we're going to get run out of the building if we play Gonzaga. Ponds had a horrible game. Um, You know, if you look at some of the comments from Rick, you know, he put in backup players walk-ons at the end of the game, and they ran the offense better than Rick. You, know. you, you sound like a Jesse calling uh, Jeremy his first name, <laughs> and uh, you know, just doing, um, just not really doing, not doing what they're supposed to do. I don't know if it was they were just kind of still hungover from you know, the Kansas loss, or if they just didn't give the team the credit that they should have. I don't, I don't know, but our basketball team, while we have great experience and leadership, we don't have the pure talent to just take a game off and still dominate. Yeah, and shout out really quickly to Fixtripe. He's been owning the uh, the Periscope tonight. He said he needs we need Kessling on the uh, podcast. So <laughs> uh, Bleed Orange, you need to. He said you need to go reach out to Kessling from old man to old man. Done. So, uh, Done. Reach out to a fixed stripe. He's been calling you out tonight, bleed orange. Um, but uh, no, I, I think really what it boils down to, you guys, is I think it really is a point of Grant Williams, and he's he's good. He needs to be great. He needs to be an All American. But then you also look at Admiral Schofield. They all he also needs to be an All American. If you don't have both those guys working in cohesion together and scoring, rebounding, assisting, then Josh Bone, Bowden, Pons, Turner, you know, even uh, the white, you know, the white guy, uh, what's his name? 
Fulkerson. Fulkerson. Fulkerson, thank you. <laughs> Fulkerson doesn't even get off, right? So it's like you need the top guys. The top two guys need to play at an elite level every single night, and that's the difference between a Tennessee and a Kansas, a Tennessee and Gonzaga, Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee, Villanova, you name it. We need to get to that level. And Justin uh, Ridenour on uh, on Periscope says we need Lamonte healthy. I think to an extent, Lamonte needs – yeah, he does need to get healthy. He needs to get his shot going, right? But we need Grant and Schofield going. If they don't go, then the others don't go. Thoughts? Uh, I disagree with you on Schofield being an All-American. I think if he was All-SEC, you know, we're making a deep run in the – tournament uh grant williams is the offense runs through him and he needs to be grant williams uh he is all american caliber he can put it together and make make things go we have got to feature ponds and his athleticism okay that's good but like what happens when like we play kansas and in my opinion alexander was terrible that game I thought he was terrible. I thought he was slow, unathletic. I mean, I, I didn't think he was a factor in that game. When he was out, everyone's like, oh, Alexander, if we had Alexander, if we had Alexander. He was in the game against the Kansases of the world, and he was slow and unathletic. How do we fix that? Unless I'm delusional and Alexander played very well. How do we fix Alexander? Because that guy's supposed to be an NBA player. Well, didn't didn't Barnes kind of compliment Alexander after that game and say he played pretty well, or am I remembering incorrectly? He did. Um, I think that's right. But, but the problem yeah. that GT is getting to, and he said it in a roundabout way and just didn't quite get there, is that – Thank you for the compliment. We, Love we you. Bro- <laughs> we broke down mentally in the fourth quarter um, and in overtime – you know, yeah. you look at the you look at the past five six minutes of our possessions, and we really didn't understand the importance of those possessions and how to play them out. And you look at the same thing in overtime. We just we weren't mentally ready. Granted, you know, it's a preseason game, but it's also a showcase of, hey, this is what is good. This is what is bad, and while we can play, I think with anybody, but maybe Duke. Because Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and the other kid that they got that was in the number one class, they're just freaks. Um, you you have to be mentally tough, and we're not. We've got to figure out a way to correct that. Well, do you think, though, you know, sometimes you have to just be good instead of trying to be good? Um and I, I found this a few times. I mean, look, we went toe-to-toe with Kansas. It wasn't like we just flaked out of that. At right. The, we were into overtime and, uh, and had our chances there and, and missed our opportunities. It's, it's really, frankly, a game we should have won. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get in that crunch time you know, in uh, sports when you're trying to be great instead of just playing the game and being great. And I think, you know, they're trying to be great was pressing a little bit. We pressed a little bit at some time. That's part of being mentally tough um, is realizing this is what we can do. This is how we are going to do it. And this is how we're going to win. 
instead of just taking it all on your shoulders. You know, there are special players in basketball and in football that can put a game on their shoulders. Grant Williams is the only guy on our team who could do that, but he was fouled out. So you've got to figure out another way to run the offense and run it right. And not everybody can try to bear the burden of the game on themselves. They have to play as a team. It can't be just five individuals on the floor. Is uh, is Jordan, is Bone your next best option right now? I mean, um, Schofield had a pretty, had a good game today, but he just, I don't know, it doesn't look the same. I don't know if he's trying too much, too hard or try to do too much or, you know, I mean, last year you kind of, you kind of took the good with the bad with him. There's some times when he took some bad shots or, you know, rush and stuff, whatever, but then a lot of good things would happen also. Um, but Bone just looks, I mean, he just looks like the next guy I, w- I would want the, you know, the ball in his hands after Williams. I think it's going to be Pons, to be honest with you. Um, really? I, his athleticism is freakish. And he's got to be involved. Because if he's not, you know, he can he can get around pretty much anybody out there. Any true point guard, any two, three, four, or five. And just absolutely destroy them going to the rim. And he's got to get a little bit – he's got to get better shooting. But he's too inconsistent. If he can become consistent – uh, he could, he and he and Grant Williams could take over games. I think that Barnes is kind of an architect of the team, though, and uh, these kids have roles that they're playing on the team. And Pons is probably pretty much playing to the role that he's been given. I think at this point, you know, whether or not Barnes is looking for him to be the breakout kind of a guy or, or not, I don't know. I, I mean, I have, Admiral played some great basketball at the end of last year. And the fact of the matter is we are early in the season and this team, one thing that Coach Barnes has said is that this team is ahead of where they were last year. They're not as far along as he'd want them to be. Um, But even at the end of the year, he'll probably be saying that, (laughs) that they never got as far along as he wanted them to be unless they win a national championship. Uh, And then he'll probably say, you know, we could have played better defense in that three-minute mark in the first half. Sounds like true so you know it's it's a young season and um i i think that you know contrasting with a football team i don't think you're going to have an auburn and then a charlotte like we just had against texas a whoever they were uh, and then go out and have another charlotte game and another texas a and m you know corpus christi i I think the, the team will respond and they'll be fine So, so I'm going to go to correction corner instead of confessions corner really quick. Apparently, Richmond was a junior, not a senior. Yeah, oh, so Richmond's a junior. That's what um, yeah. Big Trap's been saying. I think he redshirted that freshman year. I don't think he played. Uh, so the right. question comes, do you want a redshirt senior, Drew Richmond, or a true freshman, Darnell Wright, at right tackle? Right. True freshman, Darnell Wright, all day. Right. I want whoever plays best. One of them a guard, you know. I mean, uh... <laughs> I mean, so put one of them at guard and put uh, Richmond at tackle. Still, that that's uh, I I could see that happening. I mean, let's see if Richard Richmond makes it through the off season with Pruitt. I, I mm. he's one I could see kind of moving going along. back to Memphis. 
yeah or something i just i, I don't know I'm, I'm not you know I don't, let's just let's just see how that one plays out yeah i'm into that so i actually got a question on the podcast uh thread really quickly actually i, I got two questions um i have multiple but anyway we'll go after a couple um one being See here, I don't mind a redshirt senior Richmond still playing. I'd rather have too many linemen than not enough. That's from Justin Justin Ridnour on uh, uh, Periscope. Good point. Hey, I'll, then, I'll tell you one thing about Richmond also to keep in mind. This is his last chance to to legitimately put himself in a position to make a make a living off of football. This is, so, yeah, this is so this last season. Make a little money. Know, that, He'll he'll because it seems I think he's got talent. It's just there seems to be um, I, don't, I just don't think there's a lot of focus. So maybe maybe he'll realize that that, um, that he needs to kind of elevate his game a little bit if he wants to make some money. So the last question I have really quickly is um, Power Tval said, "Did I miss the weather quest portion of the podquest?" And he used podquest by the way. You better trademark uh, no. that. Powell. We, uh, we haven't really? gotten to it, but we're getting to Powell right now. He's going to be our last segment. Last it. segment of the night, the weather quest. It's all you, Powell, man. What do you got for us? I got to put, like, graphics and stuff, too, by the way. I got to do all these little things on the screen. Well, it's a podcast, so nobody's going to see it, but they'll hear it. So, Looking, um, looking at next weekend – and it's still obviously still a long ways out and you can't really trust anything outside of two or three days, but, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be a decent chance of snow, um, across Tennessee right now. I think, um, like kind of like interstate 40 is sort of the dividing line, the snow to the North and the rain to the South, but the models have been trending South, um, for the last couple days and, the models are actually in decent um, agreement of we're going to have a storm and it's going to track across the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and there's going to be just enough cold air in place to, you know, maybe get some magic there. Um, it's, it's not really climatology wise. This is, it's not really a good time for the, for snow in our area. It's more, you know, we do much better in January and February. Um, but, but this time last year, uh, I think Atlanta, you know, got hammered with snow. So it's, it's not that it can't happen. It's just not typically typical. Yeah. Uh, so we've got. Hopefully, to, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just will say like Tuesday or Wednesday, we have a much, you know, we'll have a much better idea on um, the track of the system, which is really the main thing here, especially this time of year where the track is that much more important. Um, also the strength of the system is really important. Um, a, a stronger system that tracks across the Gulf, um, has a tendency to pump more warm air up into the Valley, you know, and up in the Tennessee period. But, um, so the strength of the system is a big key. Um, the track, obviously, um, just if there's going to be enough code air in place, which it looks like there could be, um, uh, it's um, it's kind of a crapshoot being in Tennessee anyway with you know with snow in the valley. When you get in higher elevations, but all across Tennessee, it can be 
you know, it can be difficult to get snow, especially this time of year. No, it's good stuff. We actually have a uh, response from our friend Thick Stripe tonight. He's been, we need to at least highlight him tonight. So Thick Stripe, thank you for joining. He said he has been mowing his yard today. Tell Paolo I've been mowing my yard today bigly for December 2nd. So I don't know if that, uh, uh, that'll work. I don't know if that does anything, but he said he's been mowing bigly for December 2. But uh, anyway, so good stuff from Powell. We anything might have else? to do a lawn twist. I'm sorry? I think we might need to do a lawn twist. We uh, sometimes have some, <laughs> some, uh, some yard time, some yard discussions on VolQuest. So 